It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Any other questions, guys? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 651 of Locked on Raptors for late on Thursday, January 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked on Podcast Network, where we have team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams. We've got the Chiefs and 49ers covered ahead of the Super Bowl on Sunday. We've got the NHL Network. We've got the College Network, if you're getting into college hoops ahead of March Madness. No shortage of stuff for you to check out. If you like a team in sports, there is a very good chance there's a lockdown podcast covering that team every single day with a great local perspective so please subscribe rate and review all of the shows that you want to support it's very much appreciated when you do that and it helps us in the rankings and all that good stuff so thanks in advance for doing that small little favor that we ask of you uh all right on today's show it's just me quickly recapping the game against the cleveland cavaliers a 115 109 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers, as I mentioned, I said that already, uh, you know, a, a weird game. The Raptors and Cavs just kind of played a humdrum swapping baskets kind of game for most of this one. And, you know, not a lot of separation gained in the first half at all. The third quarter, the Raptors got a little bit of separation, you know, pulled out ahead of like 12 points or so, but never really could sort of drop the hammer and, and make it a blowout. And credit to the Cavs, man. The Cavs played a pretty good game in this one. I thought they shot reasonably well. I mean, 13 to 36 from three isn't amazing or anything like that, but they shot reasonably well for the Cavs. And I thought Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love were really, really good in this one. The offensive rebounding, that problem that the Raptors tend to deal with from time to time, uh, reared its ugly head once again, uh, giving up 15 offensive boards and a bazillion second chance points to the Cavs in this one. Kevin Love was pretty good. Uh, You know, you had Tristan Thompson hammering the offensive glass. It was... know it's a matchup that shouldn't give the Raptors problems because the Cavs are bad but they do have the personnel especially when Marcus Gasol is not in the lineup to make things a little bit more difficult than they should be you know the Raptors are kind of small when they have Ibaka as the starting center next to Siakam who's rebounding can kind of fluctuate back and forth between good and not good and that that was kind of the the formula for a game that was kind of close up until the end when the Raptors kind of pulled away late and you know, I, I, takeaways from this one, it's hard to really come up with anything, you know, that meaningful or anything like that. I guess Serge Ibaka's 26 points starting in place of Marcus Gasol, who was out with that hamstring injury, was very nice. You know, 10 of 14, he was 3 of 6 from downtown. He continues to be uh, much, much improved from the three-point range this season. And I believe the number they threw out on the broadcast, but he, he's like 44% as a starter uh, from beyond the arc, which is pretty ridiculous. And... He did a really good job offensively to sort of help when the Raptors' offense got a little bit hairy at times. He was kind of there to be the outlet, you know, take some wide-open threes, and he knocked him down. He was subject, uh, one of the subjects of one of the coolest plays or funniest or weirdest plays that we'll see all season where 
the ball swung to Ibaka on the wing, and Colin Sexton faked to come and guard him like seven times. Uh, and I, I would imagine we'll get like the gif form of Colin Sexton close up, uh, just like scurrying back and forth, pretending to come and guard and contest Ibaka. Uh, that was a lot of fun, but that was uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the story of this game for Ibaka. He he was there to you know shoot those wide open threes. Did his thing around the basket. He, you know, he was pretty good. You know, his rebounding was not good. He only had four boards in this game, which you don't want. You don't want your leading rebounder to have uh, to be your point guard in Fred Van Vliet, who had seven. But you know, they survived it anyway. So I guess it's not, you know, no harm, no foul. I suppose. Uh, elsewhere in this game, individual performances that stood out, obviously Kyle Lowry, who obviously was named an all-star just before the game, and that is going to be the topic of Friday's podcast. We're going to talk about Kyle Lowry making all-star, we're going to talk about the all-star reserves, the all-star changes in terms of the format, uh, that's going to be the crux of Friday's show with, uh, Katie Heindel, so stay tuned for that, um, but huge congrats to Kyle Lowry, man, he, he was awesome tonight, he kind of went into almost don't poke the bear mode, even though no one poked the bear, he just kind of seemed agitated for no reason in this one um i tweeted out at one point that it seemed like kyle might dick punch a ref which honestly he seemed very very aggrieved in this one at times you know usually i think kyle has a point when he's mad at referees because he's usually the smartest person in the room and usually kind of you know knows what's up and can kind of tell when a call has been missed but this one was weird there were a couple you know continuations that obviously tend to frustrate him quite a bit when he doesn't get them and he seemed to kind of let that spiral a little bit and he was a little bit frustrated with the refs throughout the game but he uh, got this big and one in the third quarter on a jump shot that seemed to kind of settle him down and as is the case with Kyle Lowry most of the time, anytime he was on the floor, the Raptors were in good shape. Uh, the real sort of uh, delicate part of this game was the start of the fourth quarter when a lineup featuring, you know, Norman Powell and Chris Boucher and Patrick McCaw, and I think OG and Fred Van Vliet were out there as well, just could not generate much in the way of offense. You know, there's not a ton of creation out there. Fred is, you know, good at what he does, but he had you know, trouble knocking down his shots today. It was just three of 13, hit a couple threes, which was nice, but it was not uh, a banner night for Van Vliet, uh, you know, all told, despite him having eight, seven and 12 on the night <laughs> and kind of a, a stuffed stat sheet at the end of the night. Um, and that lineup just didn't have a lot of juice. And obviously Patrick McCaw, when he's out there, you're basically playing four on five on offense. And that came to bear a little bit against the Cavs in the fourth quarter. Kyle comes comes in and the Raptors immediately go on a run and then you know some you know nice pesky play from the likes of Colin Sexton kept them in it. The, the Cavs are interesting, man. I I think they you know the, their pieces are weird because they're all kind of the same and don't really fit. And they have like Kevin Porter Jr. who was pretty good in this one with 13 points. And you have Darius Garland who I even think had some moments. He had eight assists in this one. You have Colin Sexton who was efficient and is super erratic and is also kind of a maniac. And I kind of think. If Sexton could ever just, like, figure out how to hone it all in, he does have, like, some kind of Lowry qualities to him a little bit where he's just kind of a maniac. He's a bit of a menace. He'll make smart plays, but he also has just a lot of very, very non-Lowry plays in his repertoire right now, which are kind of a problem, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice game from the Cavs. I want to give them some credit because I have been not a fan of the Cavs this season so far in games where the Raptors have played them. I know I mentioned after the Hawks game that it seems like the Raptors broadcast thinks the Hawks are the shittiest team they've seen all season. I thought before tonight that the Cavs were the worst team I had seen, the worst coached, the least direction. And at least tonight they showed a little bit of fight and they had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of punch. And I, I don't know... 
if they're going to be able to keep all of those like shoot first guards forever, but that seems to be a bit of a building block. I know Cavs fans are pretty disenchanted with what they've got going on, and maybe they should be. I haven't necessarily watched a ton of Cavs games this year, but uh, I, I kind of liked what I saw from Sexton in this one, and I always liked him dating back to his like college days. One of the few guys who like the stuff he did in college, like the three on five game and stuff like that, were it was kind of one of the few college players where the legend of their college career kind of filtered up to me, a person who does not care about college basketball at all. And so I always kind of was rooting for him. And I think there's something there, but we don't have to talk about Colin Sexton anymore. Uh, We'll continue talking about this game in just a second. But first I want to tell you about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. And this is not just for football, although it is the Super Bowl this weekend. and You should maybe bet on the Super Bowl with my bookie, but you can do it with basketball as well. There's the start of the college basketball stretch drive to March Madness 2. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, you could try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you're getting an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. That is an awesome offer. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate that offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so back to the game against the Cavs. I guess we could talk about Pascal Siakam in this one. Kind of a quiet one for him. Uh, you know, he didn't really seem to, like, hunt for his spots all that much. He, you know, just, you know, was kind of going about his business and sort of more opportunistic than normal. Had a couple, you know, wide-open threes that he hit that were pretty nice. He didn't really create. There was one that he cre- that he got, I think, at you know, the in the third quarter at one point when Kyle Lowry, oh no, this was the fourth quarter, my bad, when when Kyle made this like insane poke away play on a bit of a broken play and it just kind of came to Siakam in the corner. And that was kind of the story of his game. Like he, he, you know, a couple times he would press his matchup advantage against like a Kevin Love or, uh, you know, if you got a smaller guard on him, he would do that. And there was a stretch in this game where they really ran the offense nicely through him uh, in the post, a lot in the second quarter, into the third as well. And that was really encouraging. He did have just two assists in this game, but I think he probably could have had a couple more. And I think there were probably some secondary assists that were left on the table as well. But yeah, he he he, he was just kind of chill in this one. And, and that's fine. You don't need Pascal to sort of take over every single game. He did, however, kind of get the call, as we talked about uh, earlier in the week with Lewis, later in the game to sort of be the closer. And that was, you know, mixed reviews on that. He he seemed a little bit, you know, almost like he was pressing the issue a little bit, kind of forcing his own way into just like a bunch of bodies. He picked up a charge uh, or picked up a, yeah, he charged, uh, 
He got called for a charge late in the game that Nick Nurse ended up challenging that, you know, I, I think it was probably the right call to not overturn as, as much as the Raptors were extremely mad about it. <laughs> I think it was the right call. And yeah, it was just like a just like a weird game for Pascal. He forced it a little bit. He did at one point uh, drive into traffic, kick out to Fred, and then Fred found uh, Abaka for a big three in crunch time. I don't want to sound too critical because it's a game against the Cavs in January, and Siakam was pretty good, and he did show some nice things in this one. He had four steals. He had a block. Uh, he also got to the line ten times, which is something that he seems to be doing a little bit more you know, routinely lately, he's been, you know, a bit hit and miss with, with his free throw rate all season long. It's been much lower than most other sort of high volume stars in the league. And I think that's probably a, a mix of him sort of learning how to absorb contact and also a mix, uh, a, a bit of, you know, just the referees learning just that Pascal is a guy who should get to the line a bunch. And so him getting to the line 10 times in this one was nice as well. I, I just, it was just a little bit of an off game for him. He, he just didn't seem like he was, you know, taking the game by the horns, which I expected kind of with Gasol out. And, and you take out such a, a big chunk of the playbook when Gasol's not there. You can't have him running stuff up top. And I figured it would just be like Siakam and Lowry sort of dueling back and forth in this one. And it was more just Lowry kind of running the show, which I'm not complaining about even a little bit because, man, it, it rules when he's on one. And it was a really great game from Kyle. For Pascal, not even a bad game, just a weird one is all. Um, we should probably give some shouts to Norman Powell, who was awesome in this one, especially late. Uh, you know, he helped keep the offense afloat a little bit when the bench lineup was out there in the second, but it was really in the fourth quarter when he made his bones. He had a big corner three made when the offense was really sputtering and the Cavs were on a big run. I think they were on a 9-0 run at that time, uh, and Powell hit a big three. And then it was uh, a big steal and dunk a la the Game 5 dunk and, uh, steal and dunk against the Pacers a few years back that really kind of sealed the game. Uh, so nice to see. A bit of an interesting choice, I guess, from Nick Nurse to close the game with Powell instead of OG. I thought OG kind of, you know, I don't think he was very much in Nurse's good graces in this one, even though I thought he kind of flashed a little bit earlier on in this one. I thought OG's cutting in this game was pretty impressive. He, he got a, a dunk off a cut. He seemed like he was trying to dunk everything. Uh, didn't have a ton of success with it, but he was kind of all over the place trying to just like seep into pockets of space, and I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of understood, I suppose, the Powell thing. Uh, you know, he had a couple offensive flourishes that's what norm's gonna offer and i think the raptors because their offense was kind of stuck a little bit in the mud in the first part of the fourth quarter with og out there i think maybe it was just sort of a mix of the energy um for for nick nurse that he was looking for and obviously it ended up working out uh, i thought chris boucher in this one was really fun especially in the first half he had 10 points four or five shooting uh he still hasn't hit a three in like months it seems but he'll keep taking them whenever he's open to, to take them um but he had a, like a nice putback dunk he was working really well in the the pick and roll as well seems to really have sort of established uh you know a bit of a plan when he's going down the lane he's not tentative anymore he's just kind of powering down the lane looking for dunks uh looking for those pocket passes from the guards and he just seems to be more of like a refined role man which is really nice as a guy who is mostly just been a garbage man all season long if he can add that little sort of screen and roll action to his to his repertoire that's pretty nice um yeah, and so yeah i thought boucher was fun only seven minutes of Terrence Davis in this game, and obviously the 20 minutes for Patrick McCaw is infuriating when that's the case, but um, yeah, I don't think Davis necessarily stood out in his seven minutes, but he also didn't really have a chance to stand out because it was seven minutes with the bench lineup, so... 
I, I mean, I'm glad Patrick McCaw is healthy. I'm glad he's back in the lineup um, for his sake, but it does kind of throw a wrench in the whole free Terry thing, and that's a bit of a bummer. But The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, That's kind of all I got on this game, man. It was not a terribly interesting game. There weren't much in the way of like flashpoint moments or plays or anything like that. It was just like a really solid Lowry game with some nice Ibaka contributions where I think if Marcus Saul is available in this game, they probably win by a ton. And um, that's kind of all I got. I, I think we will dive into the all-star stuff tomorrow. Obviously it's awesome for Kyle, six time all-star, you know, the hall of fame talk will continue. I'm sure uh, as we talked about on Wednesday and I'm just really happy for him. He's, he was so glowing at the end of the game as well. He was asked about, um, you know, what it would mean to get Nick Nurse into coaching the All-Star game, and he was just, like, overjoyed with smiles at the idea of, of that happening. It seems like everyone's just kind of in a really good spot, and, and Lowry is such a bellwether for how the team is chemistry-wise, I think. Like, if, if Lowry sort of... If you think back to some years where Lowry might have been a little bit more surly and dour, I think those were years where... You know, there there was like contract stuff hanging over everything, and there was concern over whether or not you know he was going to be around beyond the the year that that was happening. I think back to like 2016, 17, for example, where there was just like a lot of uncertainty with Lowry. This year, he just seems very comfortable. Uh, Bruce Arthur uh, sent out his piece again today that he wrote last week about how Kyle's just feeling super comfortable and at ease with everything, and it, it really is showing this year, man. He's just like very chipper. He's happy. He is so quick to praise his teammates. He was talking after the game about how happy he was for Pascal Siakam to be an all-star. Again, the smile on his face when he was talking about the idea of Nick Nurse and his coaching staff getting to go to the All-Star game. The pride it seemed that he was—he seemed to take when he mentioned that it would be the second time in his career that he was able to get his coaching staff to an All-Star game. That's pretty damn cool. And it's just—it's very, very nice to watch Kyle Lowry in this very relaxed state. I mean, he's not relaxed on the court, obviously. He's still screaming at referees until uh, they tee him up. But he's just been a really calming presence this season there's no urgency there's no insecurity with him and it's been a delight and he's going to the all-star game man six times in a row that's pretty goddamn crazy considering where we began with the Kyle Lowry journey and so uh, and it should be seven by the way because Joe Johnson got that one in 2014 that he should have uh that, that should have got a Lowry but whatever I I digress uh Kyle Lowry rules Kyle Lowry over everything Kyle forever all that good stuff um that's gonna do it for today's show uh sorry it was a short one but I have Katie waiting on the line for me to record this all-star podcast uh so uh, that's a little look behind the curtain I'm recording these podcasts back to back on Thursday night uh, so yeah, thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you on Friday with the episode with Katie talking all-star and the format changes and, uh, maybe if it's a WNBA, there's some fun teasing from the WNBA PA, uh, today, which is pretty interesting. Um, and so we'll get to that with Katie too, probably. And, uh, so much more. So stick around. You'll hear that on Friday until then, please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated and have a good night, everybody. We'll talk to you then.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.